0: The devil wants that. On the one half is the blessing camp and on the other half is the repent camp. That's what the devil wants, okay? And that is what's happening. But actually, it comes back to this misunderstanding of what it means to to know and worship and love a good God is that the blessing is the repentance. God, for all intents and purposes, needn't be there. And we need to recapture a sense of the godness of God the greatness of God, the majesty of God. Thank you, everybody, for listening. It's a privilege and honor to be able to host this podcast in an ongoing way. If you'd like to support and get behind what we're doing, either in this podcast form or in publishing work or over on YouTube with the videos, the extensive kind of growing library of videos there, please do drop us a line. We'd love to get in touch. If you want any more information, please do let us know and we can get that over to you. But there's lots of information. It's pretty obvious what we're doing and we would deeply profoundly value your support we're not part of a wider network of churches we're not part of a wider denomination we are literally solo and so if you appreciate this work or if you know others that might please do drop us a line and as i say see the link in the show notes hello everybody welcome to into the pray breaching the chaos of the church just a little update before i let you listen to the audio version of the video that I did on Hillsong and the shambles uh, of the Disney Plus or wherever it is that you've seen, the docuseries revealing kind of the fuller extent of what's been going on. I'll let you hear the audio for that. You can watch the video via the link if you would so like. But I want just to briefly update you regarding the, the previously advertised four-part mini-series that we're doing, The Things That Changed Us, Reflections on 10 Years of Marriage, Basically, we've bitten off a little bit more than we can chew at the moment, just in amongst moving and um, just just the things relating to that. So rather than doing the three separate pieces that I advertised before, you can still see the intro piece. And I'm sure that most of you listening to me will have listened to that intro episode or seen it. We're going to do just one other and consolidate all of the other subjects, the areas that we wanted to cover. We'll, We'll do that in one session so it's just, it's just technically, um, it's just much less work for us to do that at the minute with a few other things that we're struggling to juggle and coordinate. So I hope this next little audio that you're about to hear now about the Hillsong situation will do for you what it did for us, which is to cause us to go into a place of prayer for the people involved, for the church, for the body of Christ globally. You will light the way for all To see that Jesus' name alone is holy Coming on the clouds of heaven Robed in awesome wonder That's the key Frank Houston, the late father of Brian Houston, was a paedophile, child molester and rapist, and he wasn't ever prosecuted. He never came to justice. Died in 2004, and that was the end of that. Or so you might have thought, but Brian Houston, whom he had confided in prior to his death, at that point became responsible for the information of his father's crimes. Not just moral failures, but crimes in his... Words will fail me here to express how abhorrent his sins were. Brian was accountable from, I think, the late 1990s when his father confided in him. The effect on the culture of a church congregation, but not only that, the then culture of an aggressive church planting, church culture, of cover-up, concealment, is devastating all manner of sinful ills that it breeds, as we're about to see. A choice was made by Brian to not go to the police, not go to the authorities. And even if it was in agreement for the sake of the victims, the point remains he was accountable for the information. Brian Houston is now involved in a court case, the results of which the jury is literally out over until the middle of next month, that's August 2023. And the future of his own life and whether it will spend time in prison or not will be decided. But sin breeds sin, cover up breeds cover up, concealment affects the same. What effect does that have on the culture of a church? What kind of moral culture is put into place? What kind of um, compromise is there on biblical teaching when certain things are treated with cover up and concealment rather than? full exposure unto genuine healing, reports of other church pastors raping, molesting other members of staff, to whatever extent that has been verified, I don't know. But the point is there is very rarely smoke without fire. It starts upstream. It starts with the father who hands it on to the son, who then hands it on to the sons. The effect of this is the ruining of families, the ruining of marriages, the ruining of Christian testimony and witness in the midst of a church in which there will be people who aren't genuinely Christians yet, and perhaps because of this, never will be. Idolatry, the praise and adulation of men sitting in the midst of this church during their worship recordings for their albums or whatever else, their teaching sessions, and you've got these church celebrity pastors swooning around, preening themselves at the altars of self. This is idolatry. As a result, you have the senior leader of the church in New York City, Carl Lentz, having an affair with a woman, having an affair with his nanny, behaving inappropriately, behaving narcissistically, behaving, lying, deceiving, living a double life. This is what Paul Tripp refers to in his book, A Dangerous Calling, this idea of a pastor with a mask on sitting high and above and separated from the body of the church no one knows what's going on in his life there's no plurality of eldership it's just this church celebrity with his various different cronies who support him in his role the end and collapse is inevitable the gospel-less gospel church where is the gospel in the midst of all of this Sequence of events with Brian Houston and his father covering up, concealing his paedophilia. and cri- He should have been in prison. Brian Houston may yet still be in prison because of this. And if that's the case, rightly so. There's no integrity. It doesn't matter Bobby Houston getting up and whinging to a colour conference or teaching to the church when she shouldn't have been teaching the church anyway and whinging about the attack against her husband's integrity. There is no integrity. That's the reality. Where is the gospel in this mess, this shambles, this dog's dinner, this circus that we're calling a church that people are thinking is the church when it's not? Where is the gospel in a pastor disgraced, fallen from grace, sitting in front of a camera for Disney Plus in the Secrets of Hillsong drama? Where is the gospel? Where is the blood of Christ explained? Where is the grace of God clearly taught or explained as part of his interview? It's not there. How can you expect repentance in other people when your life is manifestly unrepentant? Stiff-necked. Even in the midst of this, Pain, tears. But where is the gospel? Where is the gospel in Brian Houston in a in a dock in a courtroom in Australia because of his father's paedophilia being? Where is the gospel here? Where is the clear explanation of? But by the grace of God, go I. Jesus alone has saved me. Not a new haircut and a, a new wardrobe and a new job. FAI. Dalton Thomas, Joel Richardson, the supposed governing board of effort. Where is the where is the genuine repentance? Where is the public disclosure? These guys are sleepwalking towards catastrophe. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Where is the gospel here? The priority that's given to saving or in this case salvaging the ministries of men, regardless of what sinful or moral failures there have been, it's this priority at all costs, save the mothership. We can't possibly conceive of Hillsong collapsing. We can't possibly conceive of FAI stopping such as the lack of integrity in its senior leadership. Forget the glory of God. Forget the name of Jesus and the sake of his name. Forget that. It's the saving and salvaging of the ministries of men. Carl has been sacked from New York. And then what happens a few short months later is that Brian Houston himself with further allegations of inappropriate behaviour, again that beggars belief, he is then ousted by the uh, other senior leaders of the Hillsong Church, Phil Dooley, etc., etc. A leaked Zoom call message to the journalists in Australia. Brian is sacked. Bobby is left in some kind of role, but essentially, it's all just what is going on. It all it is all just beyond belief. Brian Houston is now awaiting the verdict of the court case, I think, in about two or three weeks at the end of middle of August next month, 2023. But it's really beside the point. Whatever the verdict is, whether he has to spend four or five years in prison or not, the fact that I'm having to make this video, the fact that Disney Plus have that and Amazon Prime, whatever version of it they have, regardless of whether Brian Houston goes to prison or not, is beside the point. A few sound bites just at the end of this series. One, this sense of a, of going back to a pool of vomit to hopefully have some kind of refreshing drink. The picture of a family that have been devastated by a level of unfaithfulness that is just really difficult to take in. Going back into a very similar type of church. Now, I don't know anything about that church. I don't know what they teach what, but my thought my thought would be that unless There is the capacity in your life at this kind of catastrophic point to conceive of a new idea. What is it really that's going on with the church at this point in history? If you can't conceive of that in prayer at this point, I'm not sure what would need to happen for you to eventually come to that place of sense. Listen to this. And it makes me sad because uh, I love the church. I love... um, what I was a part of but I see a lot of unhealthiness in church life as well now because I'm out of it um things that I didn't realize were unhealthy or like um manipulative and I don't think that's God's heart and I don't think that's what Christianity supposed to be it's not Christianity and it's not as Laura has said it's not the heart of the Father, it's not what church is supposed to be, and we've lived through a period that the Lord has revealed to his people, I believe, that he's prepared for a level of disruption in order for his people to wake up. My concern would be that the vast majority of the church haven't and are resisting waking up to what Laura has just said, to whatever extent that penny has dropped for her and for her family. For any evangelical community, there needs to be a re-centering on the heart of the faith over and against strategy and metrics and success and the numbers game. You have, broadly speaking, three categories of people. People who thought that they were a Christian and now saying that they're an atheist. You have people who never were Christians and never would claim such a thing based on this absolute circus. But then you have people who are claiming to be Christians, think that they are Christians, but it's not really clear whether in fact they are Christians. Such is the lack of clarity about what the gospel is or what it would mean to be a disciple of Christ. Listen to this. What if you took a year and instead of counting attendance on Sundays, instead of counting conversions, measure success based on how the church is showing up in times of real crisis, crisis of life, crisis of loss, crisis of suffering. That was Mike Cosper who produced the viral podcast series, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, within which he edited and incorporated egalitarian feminists or just feminists who aren't even Christians to commentate on the church. This is the wrong measure. The measure of the church being reformed is not whether or not they turn up to help after a hurricane or in the event of some flooding or some other disaster and where there is suffering, not that that isn't needed. By God, we know that it's needed. The measure is the extent to which the disciple is committed to a life that glorifies the Father regardless of the cost. That's the measure. It's the only measure. For I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. This life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's the measure. And it's that language, it's that way of thinking, the radicalised, converted Saul of Tarsus into... We know the story, but do we know it in practice in our churches? Because we're not hearing that in the life of this global conglomerate called Hillsong. And then you have what I think is the most chilling future glimpse that this series and this situation at Hillsong reveals, which is the swelling in popularity, fake counterfeit form of church of the future. But that's also part of the now bubbling away under this kind of ex-evangelical movement that is about three or four years old now, linked to the Me Too stuff, linked to this whole critical race theory stuff, but a kind of church that wants the Bible in some form, wants even the the use of the word church in some form. We want community, we want to gather together, but we don't want the triune God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We don't want Yahweh. We don't want the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. We just want our version of the Bible, our version of truth. Whatever your truth is, is fine. Your truth is your truth. Love is love. Your family's supposed to, you know, give your kids their guidance and where they're supposed to go, and church is just a bonus. And I feel like we have that twisted a little bit. You have to be at every service every Sunday, otherwise, you know, your life could fall apart. I just disagree with that kind of mentality. And I think there's more to church than just a building. Now more than ever, I really... I really see that. It was a joy for me to hear Laura say that. I think there's a right train of thought there. And it needn't have that level of catastrophe and trauma and crisis to get there. God doesn't mean it to. God doesn't want it to, but He will. So when I left Hillsong, I went to a small church. It didn't have all the fancy stuff, but it did have the unconditional love that I'd always been looking for and hoping I'd find, and I found it there. And that really feels like what Jesus was about, being open and loving to everyone. Jesus is love. God is love. But that that you just heard is not what Jesus is like, and it's going to be there that the despising of those who truly know Jesus is going to be found. This whole contemporary Christian culture, it needs to be dismantled in some way and reborn as something else. The church is people. The church is community. The church should be people caring about each other. And that honestly doesn't have to have anything to do with Jesus, God or anybody else. That's the chilling I think outworking of Jesus' promise at the end of John 15 that very few Christians are aware of or prepared to accept. I would ask you, if you're seriously claiming to be a Christian, reflect on Jesus' words at the end of John chapter 15 and ask yourself this. Are you currently prepared for that reality? Is the church, is the church leadership that you're sitting under preparing you for that reality? If not, you'll end up in a situation at some point where you're asked a question, is abortion sin? Is homosexuality, transgenderism, egalit Is it sin? And the popular church, the church that purports to be Christian, biblical, loving and inclusive, will despise you and will encourage the world who don't make such claims to despise you as well. When you notice things that bother you, don't ignore them. A number of years ago, I had an argument with Carl Lentz on Twitter. I had asked, I had made a comment about the unbelievable fact that he couldn't answer a question on TV is abortion a sin? Yes or no, Carl? And what came out was a load of psycho babble. He then jumped back onto Twitter, wanted me to know that I was a, a troll of Christian leaders. Well, let me tell you this he isn't a Christian leader, he wasn't a Christian leader. He was a counterfeit former Christian leader, pastor. And I want to just say that if you have disquiet in your heart and mind when it comes to certain things that bother you, please don't ignore them. number of years further on from that, of course, what happened has now happened, and it's it's connected. There is a reason why church pastors rise to adulation and worldwide renown and fame and praise and adulation of men and then can't stand when the smallest wave of anti-Christ worldliness comes and tickles the ankles It's just immediate claps fall over. I can't... Is abortion sin? Yes, it is. And if you're then afforded the opportunity to expound on that and explain it, happy days. But it's a simple question with a simple answer despite the fact that it will result in the despising of the world. Thank you to everybody for listening to this episode of Into the Pray. Please do consider grabbing your copy or copies of The Glorious Few, the limited edition version via the Body Zero book shop. You can find information via firebrandnotes.com. Maybe be radical, consider buying one for yourself and a friend. Maybe somebody in another country put some solid Christian material in their hand. In the mess we are in The mess that we are in.